0: Luke chapter 4, I have a message I'm going to preach. I'm actually preaching a different message this service than in the first one. And uh, so if you want to catch that one, maybe it'll be on the podcast or something like that. You can catch that one. But I want to talk to you in this service from this thought. We need the oil. Wow. So when I, when I see the word victory, I'm thinking, man, this victory is going to require an anointing. You know, every time God was getting ready to bring his people into a great victory, there was an anointing that took place. David, before he fought Goliath, he's anointed. David, before he goes in and takes over as the king of Judah, he's anointed. David, before he goes in and takes over as the king of all of Israel, he's anointed. Are you thankful that there's not just one anointing in your life, that God, over time, he prepares you and gives you a fresh touch for every battle? So I've got good news. You've been anointed for this season of your life. And you need to recognize the anointing. I want to talk to you from this subject. So Luke chapter four, I'm going to start in verse 18. I'm going to finish in verse 19. This is what Jesus said. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I love it so much. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. Speak to us over these next few moments from heaven. Help us to leave this place different than how we came in. We did not come here today in the middle of a pandemic to fulfill some religious obligation. We came here today because we want to hear from heaven. We want to know you, and we want to be different. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. The word anointed literally just means to be smeared with oil. And I love the day we live in because it's it's not as the, getting anointed isn't like as as nasty as it was in this day. When you come to a service now, they kind of put a little bit on their finger and they touch your head. And some of them will do a, like a cross or a circle or, or what. I don't know. They just they just kind of touch it. And and, and, you, and and in the Bible, it was a lot different. They would literally just take a jug of oil and pour it all over you. That's what it meant to get anointed. And then they would just smear it on you. So you, you knew you had been anointed. But the, the main reason we are anointed is not just so that we shine. The main reason that we are anointed is because God wants to do three things in us through the anointing. First of all, the anointing is the authorizing presence of the Holy Spirit. Second of all, the anointing is the protecting presence of the Holy Spirit. And third, the anointing is the appointing presence of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, it says about Jesus, that Jesus of Nazareth, that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. In Luke 3 and 22, you see the moment where Jesus is anointed. The Bible says, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven. He said, you are my son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. This is God from heaven saying Jesus is authorized. Jesus has an anointing on his life, and that authorization means this. It means that I have been anointed to do certain things, and that if I try to do things that are outside of my anointing, then the power of God will not be on that. Presence of God will not be on that. The resources that I need from heaven will not be on that. I will have to operate in my own strength. And that's why Jesus said in Luke 4 that I have been anointed to do specific things. He didn't just come and say, hey, I'm anointed. He said, I am anointed, what? To proclaim good news, to proclaim freedom, to cause recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's, favor i love this because jesus knew what he was anointed to do and he didn't waste his time doing stuff he wasn't anointed to do i mean that frees me up to know that i don't have to have any pressure on my life to do what everybody thinks i should do to operate in the things that people think i need to say what everybody thinks i need to go where everybody thinks i need to go i am anointed to do what god has called me to do and i think you need to recognize that even about your church because if you're not careful, you'll see all of these things that are happening in the world. And you'll think, why can't my church do this? And why doesn't my church do that? And Why won't my church take part of this? And you'll send pastor or you'll send somebody on staff. and You'll say, hey, why don't we do this? And your church responds. And it's like, that's not part of our vision. And, and, and you get mad because some of those things are good things. But every good thing is not a God thing for this house. You got to understand there's an anointing that's on this house to do specific things. And if we start operating outside of that, then we won't be able to be who God has called us to be. Are you thankful for the anointing that is on this house? See, not every church can release an album. Thank God every church doesn't release an album. And it's actually unfair that just three years in, you've had multiple albums, multiple songs. Why are you able to do that? Because there is a grace, there's an anointing on this house to release music. Now there are things that you think, man, maybe you guys should do this and maybe you guys should do that, but they're not anointed to do that. I'm thankful that you have a pastor that recognizes his anointing. He's not floundering all over the place trying to figure out who he is, but he knows exactly who he is, what he's called to do. And when we operate in that, man, I'm telling you things can change in a city. Things can change in a nation. Are you thankful that you're a part of a church that's going to be changing things that didn't just come to just exist and to be here and gather some people, but God has anointed us to do some things. And I'm so, so grateful because we, when the anointing comes, it means you're authorized Exodus chapter 30 verses 22 through 29, tell the story of the old Testament and how that when they had put everything together in the temple, they actually had to anoint all of the different instruments of the temple, the basin and the, the, the things that would hold the candles and all of the stuff. They actually had to anoint it because the anointing, Exodus says, made those things holy. And holy is what is ne- necessary for access to heavenly things. And this is why you don't want to operate outside of your anointing. In Leviticus 10, the Bible says there were two men, Nadab and Abihu, who actually came in. And they tried to do something that wasn't authorized. The Bible says they tried to offer a fire that was unauthorized. And because they were, doing, they were stepping outside of their anointing, they ended up being consumed by the fire they were trying to offer. No wonder people get consumed by life because they're living life outside of their anointing. No wonder you get overwhelmed because you're doing something outside of your anointing. No wonder you're ready to quit because you're doing something outside of your anointing. But when you're anointing, the wind of heaven is at your back. The grace of God is on your life. People, I think, it, I think it, it's, it's tough sometimes because I get with a lot of pastors, right? And I have a lot of pastors meeting and sometimes they just get around and they talk about how burnt out they are. And I feel bad, Javen, because I'm not burnt out. I feel bad because I love the ministry. I feel bad because even though I've been through hell and high water, I feel bad because I still love God. I still love people. I still want to do this. Like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Why? Because this is what I'm anointed to do. I used to think, I used to think, because pastoring is not what I, I wanted to do. I wanted to play basketball. But I was born like this. So, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. So God, God was pressing me into ministry. And there were times in my life where I thought, man, if I just could have, if I could have gone into basketball times where I'm frustrated, you know, and I'm like, just, oh, man, I wouldn't have to. My kids wouldn't have to live in this fishbowl of a life and be judged just because they're preacher's kids. People wouldn't people wouldn't judge me based on my based on the vehicle I drive. See, y'all get to drive any kind of car you want. Nobody cares. People look at me and think I'm stealing because I got a nice car. No, they just take care of me really well. I used to think I wouldn't have to put up with this. I wouldn't have to live this life. I wouldn't be judged like this. And then, and then I realized, but whatever I did would not be anointed. See, you're, you're free. A, a fish is free. A fish is free to jump out of water but it won't survive. I could do whatever I want to do, but not everything I choose to do will have the hand of God on it. I need come on man, I need the oil. I need the oil. So the oil made things holy and I love this because new covenant Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10 says, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. I love that. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 says, do you not know that yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Oh, man. When you read the Old Testament, the spirit of God is like the oil and the, the oil would would make the things in the temple holy. In the new covenant, the spirit of God, he is the oil. And, and we are the temple. Come on, man. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21 says, Now it is God who makes us both, you and I, stand firm in Christ. He anointed us and he set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirits in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. People ask me all the time, Robbie, is my salvation secure? Absolutely, it is secure. Because when you got saved, God set his seal of ownership on your life and God takes care of what he owns. Come on, somebody. God takes care of the thing that belongs to him. Philippians 1 and 6 says, he who began a good work in you, he is faithful to bring it it to his completion. Come on, is there anybody in the room that you're thankful today that my salvation doesn't depend on my goodness or my ability to follow through, but it's on God to see me through this thing. He owns me. And if he owns me, he's gonna take care of me. Oh, man, I'm so grateful for that. Watch this. When, when, you're, when your new covenant, the Bible says in 1 John 2, 27, says this, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you. It abides in you. So I'm not waiting for some external thing to happen to me. I'm not waiting to, 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 for some person to, to come and say, hey, you're anointed. The anointing that God gives me it's living on the inside of me. I received it when when God himself came to live on the inside of me. And then I got a double dose of it when I got filled and baptized in the Holy Ghost. I started speaking in tongues, I started laying hands on people and they recovered. I, I started seeing God do miracles. I started to prophesy, I started to have words of wisdom. Are you thankful that you're a part of a church that believes in the anointing, that believes in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Come on, that believes that God is still operating and moving and speaking and talking and gifting. Oh, man, I'm so thankful for that. But it's on the inside. It's on the inside of me. And watch, he says, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as that same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true, it's not a lie. And it has taught you that you will abide in him. Now, don't get this twisted. I know the Bible says there, you do not need anyone to teach you. It's not talking about you don't need teachers, you don't need pastors, you don't need leaders. What John is saying is that there are some things that you need that you can't get from a book. Some things that you need that you cannot get from getting a degree. Some things that are necessary for the classroom, for the boardroom, for the operating room, for the courtroom that you cannot get by going to school and listening to a teacher. See, you, you know, you're anointed when you stand in a room full of people with more degrees, but you have more authority. Woo. Be, because just because I don't have as many degrees as a the thermometer doesn't mean I don't have some knowledge. Come on, somebody. Just because I didn't get the same education as you doesn't be, doesn't mean I don't have some knowledge. When you get filled with the spirit of God, God does. Now, I'm, now go to school get the degree do all of that but there are some things in life that you're going to need that you didn't learn at UNLV but you learn by the spirit is there anybody in the room thankful for the stuff that god taught you not even necessarily like life lessons unsafe people can learn life lessons but just stuff that the spirit of god taught you when you were completely out of out of out of responses you were completely Blown, just floored and, and didn't know what to do, but God spoke something into your spirit. There was a guy in my church, and he had, lost, he had lost his job that he had for 30 years. And I remember he was in that service, and he was devastated. And he came up, and, and we prayed together, and I told him, I said, God's going to give you an idea in, in a moment that's going to make the last half of your life better than the first half of your life. And in that moment, God gave him an idea and he started a business and he is doing things that he never thought he would do. He used to fly on planes. I used to see him all the time. I used to see him all the time at the airport and we would be getting on the same flight. We'd be getting on that little American Airlines flight 30 minutes over to Charlotte. And now every now and then I see him at the airport, but he's not getting on the same plane as me anymore. He's he's being escorted out to his own plane as he. He doesn't even have to go to Charlotte anymore. He goes straight to wherever he wants to go. And he didn't learn that in a class. He didn't go to school for it. He didn't get get an education for it. He didn't go to a seminar for it. God dropped it in his spirit. Is there anybody in the room that said, God, I need the oil. I need the oil. But the difficulty, the difficulty sometimes with this is that most people have settled for being entertained by talent. Because they don't have a reference point for the anointing. See, talent will entertain you, but the anointing will change you. It will convict you. It will disrupt you. And very often, people come to church looking for the wrong thing. They get the right thing, and then they leave. Because they came to church to be entertained. But the anointing convicts you. I don't like what pastor preached this Sunday. See, there should be times, if you're going to a church with the oil, there should be moments when you come where the pastor says stuff you don't like, where the pastor says stuff that makes you wanna get up and walk out and leave and go find a church where you can be entertained. But I feel like I'm in a room full of people who are tired of being entertained. You're in the capital of entertainment. You want the anointing. You want the oil. You want the change to break off. You want the prisoners to be set free. You want the blind eyes to open up. Come on, let's give God some praise today for the anointing that changes us, it convicts us, it disrupts us. It refuses. It won't let me come into church and walk out the same way. I love that. I love that. I went to, years ago, I went to a Coldplay concert. And uh, I know, a pastor at a Coldplay concert. That's not the worst one I've been to, by the way. But I'll just say Coldplay, just keep it kind of holy. Because y'all are like, Coldplay could actually be a Christian band, I think. <laughs> We're like, is, is it, it? Anyhow, we won't do that. I was about to say some really terrible stuff, but I'm not home. I'm, I got to take it easy. <laughs> I am home. That's the bad part. I, other, if I was anywhere else, I wouldn't even thought about it, but I'm, I'm home. Okay. But I was at a Coldplay concert, and, and I, I love Chris Martin. Like, I just love his voice, everything. And so I'm sitting there, I'm listening, and I start hair starts standing on my arm. Like, I'm getting chills. I'm starting to cry tears. It's like, it's like a Celine Dion when she was in Vegas. You just go, and you just cry the whole time. Why am I crying? Why am I crying? And if you're not careful, you'll think, Celine Dion, she's anointed. Martin, he's anointed. Why? Because I cried. I got and, and and sometimes we think we 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 went to church and we experienced the anointing because we got a cold chill, or, or the hair on our neck stood up, or or we shed some tears. But but and all of that is wonderful, and all of that is a part of it. But I don't want an anointing that just makes me cry, that just makes the hair stand up on my I want an anointing that changes my life. I want an anointing. Now, I love this verse, Isaiah 10 and 27. You've heard it probably said if you've been in church, but if you haven't, Isaiah 10 and 27 says this. It says, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. But I love the the NIV because it says it the way it's intended to be said. It says this. It says, the yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. That's what it says. What we, have, what, we have, what we have thought about the anointing is wrong. We thought the anointing is something that happens externally. Like I get a cold chill. I, I cry some tears. But the anointing is something that happens internally that causes me to grow. I can tell I'm anointed because I'm, I'm kind. I'm not anointed just because I can, I can preach. I've met a lot of good preachers that had no anointing. I'm anointed because, because I love my enemies. I'm growing, I'm getting bigger. And, and the picture that the Bible paints there is that there's a bondage around me, but I get too big for the bondage. It's not that God comes and breaks it off of my life. It's that I grow so much that it can't hold me any longer. I'll never forget. I'll never forget when I really decided to give my life to God, friends came to me all the time and they would say stuff like, oh, you don't go, you don't party anymore. Oh, you don't do that anymore. Oh, you're too good for us. I said, no, I'm not too good for you. I'm just too big for that. I've just grown out of that. That can't hold me any longer. Is there anybody thankful for the stuff that just can't hold you any longer? I just grew out of it. Oh, you're too good for me. No, I'm just, I'm just too grown for you. my god that hurts that hurts mark 1 and 23 the bible says jesus goes to church one one day and and when he when he goes to church he starts to preach and the bible tells tells us about jesus that he preached with authority and so he's in church one day and this guy starts to manifest this demon in church and he says to jesus he says have you come to destroy us He says, I know who you are. You are the holy one. You are the anointed one. And the Bible says Jesus rebukes him and the man gets delivered and set free. I'm I'm not shocked that Jesus has power over the devil. My concern is how long was that guy going to church before somebody with authority showed up? How long was that man oppressed and possessed by that devil before someone with authority showed up? I just want you to know, I'm thankful that we are a part of a community that the devil is uncomfortable to be in. He, he makes up his mind. If, he, if, if, if he's in somebody and he makes it through the door, he can't last very long because there's an anointing on this place. There's an anointing that breaks the yoke. You can't just show up with the devil and walk out of this place because the anointing's going to get a hold of you. Before long, you're either going to stop coming or you're going to get set free. Is there anybody in the room today who would say, I got set free in this church. Stuff was broken off of my life in this room. God has done incredible things for me. Come on, stand on your feet if that's you. God broke some chains in my life. God brought my marriage back together. God restored my mind in this place. The enemy was trying to kill me, but God brought me back to life in this room. I wish I had somebody right now who would open up your mouth and give God a praise that he deserves. Thank you, Jesus. For the anointing. Woo! Ah, my God. 1 Samuel 10, chapter 1. The Bible says that Samuel was anointed. We always talk about David's anointing, but Samuel was anointed. The Bible says, or I'm sorry, Saul was anointed. Samuel anointed Saul. And this is what happened. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil, poured it on Saul's head, and kissed him, saying, First question is Did he tell him he was going to do this? Because you can't do this in 2021. You just like walk up to random people and just pour some oil on them and kiss them on the cheek. and That'll get you in trouble. That'll get you canceled on Twitter. You can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> but he did. He did it. And then he says to Saul, he says, Has not the Lord anointed you to rule over his inheritance? See, the anointing comes to authorize me to rule. Wow. Wow. I have authority. I've been authorized. The Bible says about you, if you're a child of God, it says you're kings and priests. I think, it, I, I think it's so amazing that, that people still think that the pastor has to pray for me, for me to get what I need from God. When you're authorized. You, you know, you know the pastors, we don't get like a different version of the Bible than you. There's not like a teacher's edition with all the answers. I think sometimes folks in the church think, he's got the teacher's edition. No wonder I'm struggling so bad. And we come to church waiting for him to just fill in the blanks. But God has authorized you. God has anointed you to open up the scripture and to get revelation. See, when you come to church, you should should be saying stuff like, my God, thank you, Jesus, because you already spoke that to me. You, you've been, you've been set. You should be a pastor. I, that's so powerful because God's been saying the exact same thing to me. He's been revealing the same thing to me. Don't always make your pastor have to lead you to, to the place that you're supposed to go. It should be like your spirit should be so ready. You've been authorized. Your spirit should be so ready. When he says, Hey, we're going this way. You're like, Oh, I'm already ready. God already told me we were going that way. I was just waiting for you to give the order. Pastor. We're here. We're with you. We're ready to go. Oh, we need kids workers. I was just waiting for you to give the order. I've already, God's already been speaking to me about making it. Oh, we need help. Oh, my God. I, I feel like you need to know you've been authorized. You've been authorized. Man. Listen to this. And verse, verse, uh, verse 10 says, so the spirit of the Lord, saw, or Samuel says to Saul, he says, the spirit of the Lord is going to come powerfully upon you. And you will prophesy. And you will be. Changed into a different person. We live in the day where everybody's like, I got to be me, bro. I got to keep it 100. I got I to be the authentic, genuine version of myself. If it's not real, it ain't real. OK, I'm sorry, but I don't want to be me. Because the authentic me was going to hell. I was on my way to hell. I need the anointing to change me into a completely different person. Anybody in the room want to be totally different at the end of this year than how you came into this year? I want the oil. Whew. And then it's protecting. So it's the authorizing. It's the protecting presence of the Holy Spirit. David said this in, 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 the, in, in Psalm. He said that, that the shepherd prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies see sometimes i think we think if god was protecting us he'd take out our enemies but that's not how god deals with your enemies all the time sometimes god likes to make your enemies sit and watch you eat when you're anointed you don't have to chase down your enemies When you're anointed, you don't let the Lord fight your battles. When you're anointed, you don't have to get back at people on Facebook. When you're anointed, you don't have to respond to every comment on Instagram. When you're anointed, you don't have to see who liked your post. And when you're anointed, I can just sit and eat while the enemy stares at me and watches God bless me. I I, I told first service, I said they do it every Sunday. There's people on our stream every Sunday watching, just waiting for me to mess up, blow, up, blow it up, make some dis- bad decision, say something stupid, fail. The only reason they watch is because they want to see me fail. But instead of seeing me fail every Sunday, they have to sit and watch me eat. He's going to eat. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about him. You don't have to fight him. And then he says, and then he says, he anoints my head with oil. This is powerful. Sometimes I research stuff on the Internet, and I I, I didn't understand this language like the anointing. And I didn't understand how it related to sheep until I did just, just a Google search. Do shepherds anoint sheep? They do. This illustration in Scripture is something that Scripture took from Nature, God took from his own creation and he, he brought it in to the, to the kingdom. And he, he said, I want you to see this the way a shepherd interacts with his sheep. Shepherds anoint sheep. Why do shepherds anoint sheep? First reason shepherds anoint sheep is because sheep fight. So they would, they would make their heads really greasy. Because how do they fight? They butt heads. And when they, when they had the oil on their heads and they try to butt heads, they just kind of glance off at each other. Are you you thankful that you're a part of a church that, man, there's an anointing here? And so stuff that would would really offend people doesn't offend people. Like this isn't a petty church. Isn't it a church where you walk out and you're like, oh, man, nobody shook my hand. Nobody talked to me. I'm going to go to another church. No, there's an anointing here. Oh, I'm mad at them. Do you see what they posted? Do you see who they voted for? Did you see what they did? You see their stance on this? No, we, we've been anointed. We've been anointed. We've been. I'm not going to get offended at the same stuff the world is getting offended over. Our mission is too great. And by the way, God's not going to anoint you to win a political argument on Facebook. But he will anoint you to set captives free. To open up blinded eyes, to, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. Come on, somebody. That's what I've been anointed for. See, they were, they were trying to pull Jesus in all types of different directions. Get involved in this cause. Get involved. Do this. And Jesus said, I'm anointed. I can't do that. Come over here, Jesus. Be a part of our thing. I'm anointed to do this. Nothing to get, but this is what I'm anointing for. (laughs) Man. So the anointing, it protects me. The second reason that the sheep would be anointed is because sheep attract bugs. And the bugs would get lodged in their ears and in their nasal cavities. And they would start uh, uh, opening up wounds. And they would develop diseases. And one of those diseases that they would develop was a brain disease. It would make them go crazy. And they would start hitting their heads up against walls because of the pain and the irritation in their head. They would, begin, they, they would start running around in fields with no, with no purpose, no cause, not going in any direction. They would press their heads into the ground to try to get some relief from the pain. And if they didn't end up killing themselves or dying from the disease, they would go blind and lose their vision. How well does that describe the culture we live in today? The anointing protects the sheep from self-harm, self-destruction, frustration to the point where I'm just banging my head up against the wall, frustrated with life, frustrated with my purpose, frustrated with how things are going. The anointing doesn't let the bug latch on It doesn't let the disease spread into my head to where I start harming myself and destroying my own purpose and my own destiny. And the anointing is necessary because the places you are going, where God is taking you, you don't just need the anointing to do what He's called you to do. The anointing isn't just for your gift, the anointing is for the opposition. Because what God has called you to do, the enemy opposes. He doesn't want you to do it. Never assume that because the road you're going down is difficult, that it isn't God. I would actually probably assume that if it's easy, it might not be God. Because if you can do it without God... That's not what you were called to do. It's anointing. It's it's authorizing. It's protecting. And it is the appointing presence of the Holy Spirit. I want to give you these three thoughts. Will you stand on your feet with me and I'll let you go? The appointing. Sometimes this is the most difficult part for us to get because our anointing, and our appointing don't always seem to be in the same season. If you look through scripture, people that were anointed and appointed in the same season, most of them don't do very well. For instance, if you take Adam. Adam, he's created full grown man. He doesn't grow into this calling. God comes to him as a grown man and says, here's authority. Take dominion. What does Adam do? He squanders it. But the Bible says about Jesus, the book of Luke, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, favor with men. What did Jesus do with the authority that was given to him? He protected it. You wanna grow into the things that God has for you. You want to understand that my anointing and my appointing are not always in the same season. So what do i do rob what do i do when i've been anointed but i'm waiting on appointing first of all i'll give you these very quickly first of all recognize that god doesn't waste anything god doesn't even waste your tears psalm 56 and 8 says he doesn't waste our tears he puts them in a bottle psalm 126 and 5 says even though you sow in tears you will reap in joy For some of you, you thought this past season was just a season of crying. You didn't realize you were sowing. Even your tears are working for you. Second thought, God's timing is perfect. Habakkuk 2 and 3 says, for the vision waits for the appointed time. So I have to learn to trust God's timing. Because if I don't appreciate preparation, I'll always want to take the shortcut. And preparation is not just about the place I'm going. It's about the people that I'm assigned to. Why? Because my anointing has, a, has an audience. My calling has a, has a context. The context is the circumstances that prepare a setting or an event. So the process isn't just preparing me. It's preparing them. I tell my church all the time, people are like, Robbie, what are you doing in Johnson City, Tennessee? Where is Johnson City? Is that even on the map? You should go to Atlanta. You should go to L.A. You should go. I'm like, I can't. I won't work there. Because not only do do I have an anointing to to preach, but I have an anointing to a people. There, there There is an audience for my calling. There's an audience for my anointing. And so I tell my church all the time, you are my people. Don't worry, Pastor Jamin can't just pick up and go anywhere. You are his people. This is, you are his, you are his people. His anointing has a, has an audience. Wow. That's why you can invite people to church sometimes and you love it so much. And they're like, ah, this is, you're like, but it changes my life every week. That's why third thought and i'll let you go the anointing is within you but pressure is how it flows out of you why because pressure reveals what's really inside people come to me all the time pray for me i want your anointing no because you can buy oil at the store for a couple bucks but if you were to ask the olive how much it cost the olive would tell you everything everything we throw your hands up in the air with me today father in the name of jesus we need the oil help us to recognize that breakthrough is living inside of me i'm not waiting for stuff on the outside to change i need to let what's on the inside of me break out in the name of jesus lead us to victory total and thorough victory In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I love you so much. Thank you.